Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. Well, this morning I want us to turn to Psalm 100, stanzas 1 through 5, and if you stand momentarily as we read this epic psalm, it's very familiar to us. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. And this is a stanza I really want us to think about this morning. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Amen? I want to ask a question this morning, and as I prayed about this message and and prayed about how I wanted to tag this and title it, I did have some concerns that when I announced this particular title, that it might be problematic because some of you might preempt my presentation And you would actually start lining up in the aisles because you wanted to be able to respond to the question that I'm going to ask that is the title for this text. And that question is, how good is God? How good is God? You know, I find uh, Philip Yancey uh, to be an insightful and thought-provoking author. I've read him with regularity over the course of the last few years. Uh, One of the first books that I purchased by Philip Yancey was a book called What's So Amazing About Grace. It's a book that I would recommend to anyone who wants to understand more about what grace is to purchase and to read. This book found its way into my library many years ago. But a few months ago, I was preaching in Kentucky at a conference, and I saw an article in USA Today about a new book that Philip Yancey had written. And again, he tagged it and titled it with a question that intrigued me and that enticed me, in fact, to make a purchase. The question uh, that is the title of the book is, What Good is God? What Good is God in Search of a Faith? That's the subtitle, In Search of a Faith That Matters. But the question that Philip Yancey asked in this book, What Good is God? 
haunts me still. And it collided, it collided this week in my spirit with the passage that we read together. Uh, Because it is important to note that the psalmist, you read it with me, you heard me read it. The psalmist does not so much ask a question. He's not asking what good is God. The psalmist is affirming a reality that is true in his own experience. We don't know who wrote this psalm. It's shrouded in anonymity. But he had dug down deep beyond any disappointment, uh, beyond any disillusionment or desperation or difficulty he had had in his own life and had issued a universal appeal to all of the creation to make a joyful noise unto the Lord and affirmed that God is good. He affirms that God is good. In this statement in our text in stanza 5, he affirms that God is good. What does the text tell us about this? And when I put that question to the text, Three things emerge. How good, how good is God? In the first instance, text yields this law. God is good. God is good because of his exalted essence. God is good because of his exalted essence. If you read this psalm very carefully, you will note that in four of the five stanzas in the psalm, you have the word Lord in all caps. You have it in all caps. Now, when you see this in the Word of God, particularly in the older translations, what the translators are trying to communicate is their attempt to convey a sense of the Word in the original language that is the highest and the most exalted Word for God in all of Scripture. And so four of the five stanzas, we see the word Lord because the psalmist is exalting the very essence, exalting the very nature and character of who God is. And I also did something else, and I do this often when I'm dissecting, when I'm trying to dig deeper into a text. I did a word study, and I found out that this particular word, a phrase, uh, the Lord is good, Occurs seven times with this particular occurrence. There are six other occurrences of the phrase, the Lord is good in the word of God. In fact, one of the most notable ones is in Psalm 34 and 8, where David challenges his listeners, taste and see. Why don't you try it? Taste and see that the Lord is good. St. Anselm, theologian, of another century, the 11th century, a Catholic writer said, God is the one of whom no greater can be conceived. God is great. I remember watching with rapt attention uh, when it aired for the first time the award-winning movie, Roots, which was based on the epic novel by Alex Haley of the same name. And I remember this particular uh, program, this particular a segment, the central character of the book was born, Kunta Kente, in West Africa, and his father walks outside the tent, holds the baby up into the sky, and says, behold, the only one that is greater than you. God is great. 
This is why in the word of God, God's swift wrath is directed against idolatry because one of the first commandments is the Lord our God is God. He says to the Israelites, I am the Lord thy God which have brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What kind of God is a God that can be measured, that can be managed or be manipulated? Who, who really wants to serve a God like that? But our God is great. God is good. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. The creation reflects the exalted essence of this God that the psalmist says is good. He is good in the first instance because of his exalted essence. In the second instance, he is good because of his matchless mercy. Not, not just his exalted essence, but God is good because of his matchless mercy. How good is he? Can I just park here a minute? You know, I love uh, reading the opening lines of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians is really a book about ministry. Paul has been put in a position because of his relationship to the church at Corinth where he has to defend his apostolic calling and his ministry to the church. And so I love the way he opens his, his fourth chapter. He says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we faint not because we experience it, we receive it through God's mercy. Paul is acknowledging something that all of us should understand. And that is, you cannot have ministry without mercy. See, the psalmist said, his mercy endureth forever. See, wherever there is ministry, there has to be mercy. And the psalmist says, his mercy. Can y'all say mercy with me? We got grace now. We, we know what's so amazing about grace. But see, what makes me shout yeah. is when my mind looks back. Yeah. <laughs> Ministry and mercy are in a wine. They're, they're interfaced. Ezekiel received ministry. He, he received it in a phenomenal call from God. God, God appears by the river Chebar and reveals himself to Ezekiel. And if you read those first two chapters, he struggled with describing what he experienced till he get to a place, and our ancestors, they, they understood that they could always cut through the, uh, the non-essential and get to the heart of the passage. He was like a wheel in the middle of a wheel. But if you read all of Ezekiel, over 90 times in the book, God addresses Ezekiel as son of man. As if he wants to continually remind Ezekiel of his earthiness. That you have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Don't you kick nobody when they're down. We got to hate the sin, but we better love the sinner because all have... 
Don't you run nobody else's marriage down. Don't you run nobody else's child down. Don't you run nobody else's home down. Because that same problem may knock on your door one day. His mercy endureth forever. How good is God? God is good in his exalted essence. God is good in his matchless mercy. But I asked the text question one more time, and and guess what it yield? God is also good in his amazing availability. The psalmist says, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and then he says this, and his truth endureth to all generations. His truth endureth to all generations. God is good because of his amazing availability. This text says through all generations. Through all generations. I was trying to figure out how how could I end this this morning and, and thought about something my mom said to me. She reminded me of something that I had written for a family reunion. I wrote something about legacy and I described legacy as what we receive from our ancestors and what we give to our children. See, our greatest legacy is not fame or fortune, but what we give that endures to our children. And as I thought about that, I thought about how a few years ago, something that my grandfather had passed down to me, I treasured so much. It was a a treasured heirloom, and, and what it was was a lint brush. One of those real good ones with a wooden handle and not those roller things we use today. <laughs> and I, I made the mistake of taking it with me to a conference in Memphis, Tennessee, and someone stole it out of my hotel room. As I think about this text, legacy being what we Receive from our ancestors and what we give to our children. It's not the money or the material things that matters most. The one thing we can give to our children that we receive from our ancestors is what this psalmist is talking about. Is that his truth endureth to all generations. How good is God? God is good because of his amazing availability. You see, God is so good that he would not leave us to ourselves. I told you this morning I was a little little hesitant to throw out the question to this congregation, how good is God? Because I thought some of you might rushed down to the front and said, Pastor, can I have a little bit of that this morning? Because over the past few years, I've seen the Lord bless you. How good is God? He's so good. He came down through 42 generations and on an old rugged cross, he died for me and for you. But he didn't stay dead because the Bible says early that first Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. I can give my children $1.29 gas. 
I can't give them things at a price I paid 20 years ago. But one thing I can give them is there's a God that sits high and looks low. And if you call on him, he'll answer. And if he don't move the mountain, he'll give you some strength to climb on anyhow. Is he able? Is he able? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth unto all generations. And because that's true, if you understand stanza five, you ought to be able to participate and be involved in the rest of the stanzas. When he says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence. He tell us how to come up in here. Not all quiet, not tired, not acting like we haven't been blessed, but come before his presence with singing. Why should you do that? Know that he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. And the other reason you ought to be happy is that we are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Therefore enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and be thankful unto him. Be thankful unto him. Be thankful unto him. Be thankful unto him his name. Anybody know his name? His name is Jesus. He's the bright and morning star. He's the lily of the valley. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth, his truth endureth to all generations. Thank you. I got something better than a lint brush. Thank you. I got something the world can't take away. The world didn't give it to me. The world can't take it away. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.